Hey, it's Rock 94.7's Terry Stevens. Uh, over the past few days and uh, now through Veterans Day, we've been doing a 22-day, 22 push-up challenge uh, every day in this country. It's not, it's not every year. It's not every month. It's not every week. Every single day, an average of 22 veterans and active duty members of the U.S. Armed Forces lose their battle with PTSD and tragically they lose their lives in that process we're doing this 22 push-ups in honor of those who have lost that fight and in support of those who are still fighting that fight and i'm joined this afternoon by uh, three guys who are helping with that fight um i want to introduce you to bear marty and joe and uh first of all gentlemen thank you so much for taking time out of your day to uh hang out with me i, I did my 22 push-ups today i'm probably not smelling that great <laughs> after sweat although we did them in the rain today so i got that's the closest thing to a shower i've had for a while so <laughs> Now, um, on day number two of this challenge, uh, Bear, you uh, you joined me in downtown Wausau yep. on the 400 block. Yep. We dropped into the 22 together. Yes, I did. Tw- 21 and 22. <laughs> those were those were the rough ones. Like one one through like 20. Th- those are those are manageable. But 21 and 22. That's what it's like. Oh wait, <laughs> training's a little rough. But um, after after we did it, you told me about this group that you that you and some friends had put together so uh, tell us a little bit more about that because it's it's actually joe's joe's Joe's, uh puppy here he's he's the one that's mainly started it out and came up with the idea so all right well joe um let's let's hear it man what are are you doing for uh for our vets in the area here well um for years i was involved with uh, alcoholics anonymous um and i know that the 12-step program 12 traditions of aa are good traditions and good steps to uh, to work on issues in your life. Um, about a year and a half ago, we had a conference up at King Veterans Home with a bunch of mental health professionals and, you know, to address these issues of veteran suicide and PTSD. And uh, people wanted to come up with some fresh ideas and whatever. And, you know, so I thought about, you know, well, why not throw a 12-step program? Why not look into it? But first, I did some research, and I found that there actually did exist a 12-step program for PTSD out of Washington State. It was put together by some Army psychologists and psychiatrists, Army and Air Force, uh, who were themselves combat veterans from Vietnam, uh, colonels and, and majors and so on and so forth. And uh, they put together this 12-step program, and there was a website for it called PTSD Anonymous. So I looked up, I looked it up. I read, uh, you know, the the meeting rules. I read the 12 steps. Uh, There's actually two versions of the 12 steps. There is a spiritual version, you know, uh, of our higher power, and then there's a non-spiritual version. For those of us who have been in combat situations, you kind of lose faith, you know. Uh, It it happens. So there's both of those those steps or or those uh, uh, 12-step ideas. And uh, so... What came of that was like, okay, well, you know, it's already there. I contacted the uh, the colonel that, you know, put this together, talked to him about it. Uh, they were having issues getting it going in Washington State because, one, a lot of guys, especially these, these younger guys coming back from Afghanistan and Iraq, they, you know— they isolate. They don't want to really get involved. You know, they they they're sick of going to the VA. They're sick of uh, getting run the runaround from the VA. They're sick of uh, sitting in with a bunch of stuffed shirts who have no clue what they're taught. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, they have book knowledge of psychology and all this stuff, but they don't have any firsthand experiences. The majority of them. There are some out there who do, 
But so a lot of veterans just like to isolate and they don't go anywhere. So they weren't going to these meetings because they were thinking they, you know, there was that army. It was at Madigan Army Hospital in Fort Lewis, McCord, Joint McCord Base. And uh, they didn't want to get involved with that. So it, it didn't really catch on that well. And plus, you know, the, the hospital wanted them to have, you know, a psychiatrist there in the group, and mm-hmm. that wasn't going to work either. Well, let me, let me ask you, um, let me jump in here. Now, I, I don't mean to point this out, but, Joe, you're a little bit older than the other fellas yeah. in here. So I'll ask you guys directly, does this mirror your experience, what, what Joe's talking about here? Absolutely. Yes, yeah. it does. I mean, and I don't – is there, there – I, I don't know if there's any replacement for having those talks with – people who have been through the exact same stuff that you've been through no you know, I, I i so right away you've got tremendous value in this group right exactly and you know all of us uh, we're all three of us are army veterans uh we've been in the squads and the platoons and it was like you know when when I, i'm a gulf war veteran and i know when we redeployed back to germany you know, there, there was nothing said to us. You know, we, we, we put away our gear and they gave us three days off and that was it. And then we came back. We had maintenance in the motor pool and, and it was just like going back to normal, you know, so-called normal. But we didn't realize there was a new normal now. Mm-hmm. And a lot of us back then, you know, we just sat in the barracks, drank and talked about stuff, you know. And then when stuff got a little bit too heavy, we stopped talking about it and drank more. And we self-medicated. And same is true with a lot of the Vietnam veterans that I know of. Korean War veterans, World War II, so on and so forth. There was nothing really out there. Then, of course, the VA came out with these programs. And, and, and I understand they're trying, mm-hmm. but you can't, you know, it, there's, uh, yes, there's a clinical aspect to this, granted. But nothing, like you said, is more powerful than veterans sitting with veterans who had the same experiences, the same feelings, the same thoughts, and, and working it all together, but mm-hmm. guided with 12 steps. Mm-hmm. Okay, and that, that, that's the crucial part. And anonymity. So, you know, you don't have to worry about who's going to find out. Did they think I'm nuts because I got PTSD or, you know, all these different issues that veterans get in their head? But anonymity is so important, too. I mean, you know, there are are these memes out there. There there are these misconceptions about what goes through a vet's head when they're having those episodes. You don't want you don't want that to cost you job opportunities. Goodness knows that veterans deal with uh, deal with having job opportunity issues as well. There are some employers are like. I don't know. You well, know there's I'm... professionals in the area here who are police officers, who are Iraq War, Afghan War veterans mm-hmm. who have PTSD. You know, and it's not like they can go to a PTSD group that's not anonymous. You know, and maintain yeah. their job because if they find out about it, you know, so it's it's kind of open to everyone. Yeah, the, the second a know? cop it, it, it has to be aggressive with someone, he's going to be he or she will be called into question, and exactly. because of that stigma, so that anonymity, yeah, that's that absolutely needs to be there it's without huge. a doubt. It's huge. Yes. Um, let, let me ask you, Joe. Um, Desert Storm. Uh, yeah, that's, that's when you were in. You guys were in during um, Iraqi Freedom, and when did you serve, Marty? Iraq oh three oh four. I was in Fallujah when we first went in. So what are some of the – you're seeing some of these younger troops too, the more you know, millennials. Um, what are some of the differences that you're seeing between when you guys came out and when these newer guys and, and when, when these newer men and women are coming out? Well, you know, uh, again, you know, there has been effort on the military, you know, Department of Defense and the VA to kind of address these issues. But they fall short. I mean, let's admit it. They all fall short. 
um, you know, obviously there, there's certain, you know, 25 years ago for me, you know, versus these guys who just went 10 years for Marty and how long's it been better for you? Uh, I just got out in 2010, so. Yeah, so wow. six, years. Yeah. six years. I mean, so there are differences. There's difference culturally. There's difference, uh, you know, in, in the stigma. Uh, I mean, nowadays, you know, it's almost like um, a good old boy thing to be a veteran. You know what I mean? I mean, mm-hmm. you see veteran discounts here, veterans. This, you know, everybody wants to be a veteran. That's why you have, you know, a lot of people pretending and faking to be no, veterans. You that's, know, that's the worst. Right. Exactly. Yeah. But you know, but yet, in people still don't want to address the PTSD mm-hmm. and and the nightmares and 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 all that all the stuff that goes with those things. And so they veterans seem to seclude themselves then, and and they don't want to be involved with anything. They don't want to talk to nobody unless it's somebody they can trust. Mm-hmm. And that's our aim as a post traumatic stress disorder anonymous is to have a meeting once a week, okay, and some place where they can go where they can feel comfortable and they can trust everybody around them as their brother. And there's a whole gamut of issues like like that go along with PTSD. It's not just. PTSD, you know, usually there's mm-hmm. alcoholism involved, uh, narcotic abuse. Sometimes, you know, there's traumatic brain injury. There's a lot of different issues that get tangled up in the PTSD realm arena. And basically, this group would tackle all of that at the same time, you know, going through the steps. And so, I'd imagine you guys are keyed into other resources in the community correct, that can yeah. help these guys out and right. help these yep. men and women out. And, and, and that's another thing, too, is our group, you know, we, we got a list of. Uh, of people, whether it be politicians, they, they can get a hold of the help with VA issues, yep. whether it be uh, psychiatrists, psychologists, counselors that they can get a hold of to help them. Uh, you know, just all those resources, like you said, is there for them. And, and, and we can help them, you know, if they come and they need to talk to somebody, we can do that. We also have a, uh, a list that goes around with all of our contact information, everybody, all the members of the group. So, you know, if I, for example, me, I work third shift. So if somebody wants to give me a call, Hey, give me a call. I'll be there to talk to you all night so long. Almost like the sponsor, right? Uh, exactly, like mechanic. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah, exactly. Exactly what we're getting at. We, I mean, we're having sponsorship in the program. Having somebody on call like that—that'll—that uh, that can get somebody through some dark times. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, have you? I, I'd imagine you guys have had your own experiences dealing with PTSD. Um, and, and again, thank you guys for stepping up and making people aware of this. Um, for the person on the other side of the radio who maybe has a friend or family member who they're not sure. Maybe this person displays some irritability and they're not sure. Maybe, well, I don't know. I can't tell if it's PTSD or not. What are some of the signs? What are some of the indicators that a loved one might be dealing with this? Um, anxiety. Um, I don't know. Like an impending sense of doom everywhere you go. You know, I mean, just driving down the road. You know, a pile of trash, a garbage bag, you know, you think could potentially kill you, you know. And so, I mean, it, it's, you know, nightmares. It's, it's you know, depression, um, you know, especially like on anniversary dates when we lost guys over there, um, you know. And a lot of it, you know, and sometimes it's disguised with alcoholism. You know, guys just drink themselves stupid. And people think, well, he's just a drunk. But the thing is, is there's there's something underlying the issue there. And, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah and he's right. I mean, not only is it the depression and dual diagnosis like uh, alcoholism and drug abuse, but, you know, there's a lot, like for myself, was secluding. 
I, I just didn't want to be any around anybody. And I still like that sometimes. I don't want to be around anybody. I don't want to talk to nobody. Just leave me the hell alone, you know. Mm-hmm. And I would sit on the couch and, and just seclude. And then when anybody come near me, it was like I was, a you know, a bear. Don't talk to me when my kids are little. Don't talk to me, you know. So and then so there's always this upwelling of anger. And sometimes you don't know where it's even coming from. Uh, I know there's times that I I've, I've, I would have a, a, a nightmare or a dream or whatever you want to call it, and I'd be screwed the whole day. I mean, I would just be angry and pissed off and scared the whole day. And anger it seems to be the only emotion that you know a lot of veterans can can yeah. have no Everything. problem experiencing. Yeah, yeah experiencing. if you're sad, you're angry. angry. If yep. you're anxious, you're angry. If you're jealous, you're angry. Everything comes out as anger when you have PTSD and. You know, and that's like this awareness is good, not only just for, I mean, but just people dealing with veterans, you know, like my wife has had to learn, you know, she's learned to not take things personally, you know, Mm. Um, that I have PTSD and that and that sometimes when I'm yelling and screaming, it's not because I'm mad at her, you know, it's because I'm I'm just mad inside. I'm just, you know, I got a storm brewing inside and. It, it rewires your brain. Right. I mean, yeah. you go through – I mean, it, it, guys like you and men and women like you who step up and go overseas. Um, I, I was reading an account one time from uh, a soldier who had posted – I don't know if you get on Reddit at all. Um, if you do, it, it'll waste a lot of your time, but there's some good stuff on there too. <laughs> Lots of pictures of cats doing silly things, but there's also <laughs> some serious stuff on there too. And this guy was talking about his experience in um, in Iraq during this last uh, during the last campaign, and the way he described it was, you just sit around for days and days. There's nothing happening, and you, it, it, there's this tedium. And then all of a sudden, people are shooting at you. Mm-hmm. And when you go from that lull to fight to that fight or flight, when it's like I don't I don't know how that doesn't completely change your view of the world when you go through that again and again and again, mm-hmm. and it's no wonder that p- people come back with some stuff. You guys see some stuff. Sometimes you have to do some stuff. Sometimes you see stuff happen to people that you love and care about. And I don't there's no way that doesn't change a person. And no one understands that better than the people in this group. And you guys are doing an amazing thing by putting this together and doing the legwork that it took and the research to put this together. Um, Basically, you guys are going to you guys are going to change lives. Right. And that, that's that's so cool that you guys that's put that together. Yeah. That's that's our biggest goal is to change lives and and try to cut out this whole suicide thing. Right. The biggest thing is getting the suicides cut down. Twenty two yeah. down to zero, man. That's that's, that's the our goal. biggest goal is to get it cut down to zero. And another goal is to get these meetings spread across the state. Yeah. Uh, I know. I, I live in Winnebago County. You know, and I know my next step. I mean, this this step here, getting this group going was a big step. Now I'm trying to get it into Winnebago and then out of gamey and so on and so forth. And, uh, you know, just get, you got to be persistent. You got to hang on. Uh, you, you know, there's going to be times when maybe nobody will show up, but you still be there with the door open and a, a pot of coffee brewing, you know, and then there's going to be times where you're going to be packed, you know, so you, you just got to hang in there and do it. And that's, that's what we're going to do. I mean, uh, you can't give up. You can never yep. give up. And no one's going to have your back like one of these guys, you know, other combat vets, you know, like you don't answer your phone. You try to isolate. You don't answer your phone for a couple of days. These guys are banging on your door and saying, dude, what's going on? You know, where have you been? What's going on? You know, 
Like this, we, we, you know, we lost, we lost a guy a little while here back. And, and that's, you know, that 22 number is really ambiguous, mm. but then when you know one of those 22 and, and it becomes personal, you know, I mean, it lights a fire in you and you think something has to change. It put, something needs to break here. The, uh, day one of this, <clears throat> um, Mike Zulsdorf, um, he is the very first vet to be buried at the St. Francis Veterans Memorial Cemetery in Merrill. Very first vet to be ba- to uh, be buried there. Lost his battle with PTSD. Um, and, and we had to start it there, and we don't want any more graves being filled up because of PTSD. Um, it, 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 and it's a, it's a damn shame that that's happening. But by speaking out, by stepping up, by you guys doing what you're doing, we're, we're going to bring more attention to it. And we're going to bring people who need that help to this group. Absolutely. What is the best way to get a hold of you guys? Um, well, the meetings are on Wednesday um, at 6 o'clock at the Cronenwater Municipal Center, which is uh, 1582 Cronenwater Drive in Cronenwater, Wisconsin. There is two of us on, on our card for contacts, and one is Dustin, and uh, I don't know if I should give his number out, but <laughs> I will give my number out. My name is Joe, and I can, I can be a point of contact. It's uh, 920 920- Six three seven, sixteen thirty six, and uh, you want me to give my email? Yep, we can do email too, okay. and we will have links to uh, the email addresses um, okay. with this uh, podcast as well. Because uh, we'll, we'll put this on our website as well, in addition to playing it on the air. Okay, so, awesome. Um, so uh, jbsapper four two at gmail dot com. Correct. Bear, Marty, Joe. Thank you guys so much for coming in, sharing your stories with us, and sharing the information about this group. I, I can go out and, I mean, like I've said this before, I'll say it again. Uh, I was diagnosed as a type 1 diabetic 10 years old. When I walked into the recruiting office, they're like, seem like a nice guy, but, you know, your whole insulin dependency and pro- and, and, uh, and uh, weakness to having seizures, we, we can't put heavy weaponry in your hands. Mm-hmm. So you go do something else. And um, it, the very least I can do for you, for you guys and your brothers and sisters in arms who are stepping up, if the very least I can do is drop and do 22 and, and, and raise awareness about this. Thank you so much for coming in to do this. Well, this is a big help. This is a huge help right here. So thank you, thank brother. You.